Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Sarah. And I'm Helen. And this is the Squiggly Careers Podcast. Every week we get together to help you navigate the ups and downs in your squiggly career and share lots of practical ideas for action and tools to try out that we really hope just give you that bit more confidence, clarity and control in your career. And today we're talking about how to make difficult decisions during your career. And the episode today was inspired by some conversations we were having with people last week about some difficult decisions that they had made. And I don't want to share those discussions because they were private ones, but my reflections in listening to the people that were making the decisions were that they'd been wrangling with them for a little bit of time, that there had been quite a lot of energy absorbed in making that decision but now they had got to a point of clarity they were actually quite positive about what was coming next for them I admired them a lot I was like wow that does sound really really tough and I hope that if Sarah and I are faced with some decisions that might be similar to the ones that they were having that we could make them and have the same level of clarity and positive about what was moving forward and it also made me think about well lots of us have difficult career decisions and what can we all learn together so that we can face those decisions with that confidence and with that clarity about what we do next and Sarah and I were trying to reflect on what what are some of those common difficult career decisions so here's where we got to and maybe you relate to one of these or maybe there's there's a different one but we got to leaving a job that making that decision that now is the time to leave or perhaps a company. Maybe you're like, oh, for whatever reason, this company doesn't feel right for me anymore. But maybe you really like the company. That can be hard. Killing a project. So you put loads of effort and energy into something, but you just recognise that actually it's not working anymore. And so there's a sort of this opportunity cost, I always think, in those situations where you're like, but I've worked on this for six months. But it's like, but do I waste another six more? those sorts of things stopping something you've started I've been in this situation a little bit with my the, I sort of took my MBA almost twice I started the first <laughs> well, I have one. one where you could have two sort of or 1.5 <laughs> but like I started my MBA and then I had to stop for various different reasons and then and then I had to make a decision to restart even though I thought oh but what if it's like last time all that kind of stuff work-life fit as a parent like There are massive changes that you make, I think, when you are coming back to work, when you suddenly have the addition of a child. Doing something you've not done before. I mean, there's loads. Career changes. All of these are examples that we thought these are inevitable moments in your career timeline where a tough decision is something you're considering. And I think why these feel hard, I was reading a really good article about this. 
these decisions are often described as grey area problems. And I, as soon as you say, like you know, like just the grey area, all the shades of grey, I think whenever you think about these difficult decisions, they are rarely solved in a flash of brilliance. So there's no sort of moment of absolute clarity. And I think because we make so many decisions all the time, probably in our day jobs, we are more used to that feeling. We're used to you know, maybe weighing up a few different options or kind of understanding different avenues that we could take. And then we make a decision, we feel good about it and we kind of move on to the next thing. And this is about letting go of the idea of a sort of quote unquote right answer emerging. And that can feel really hard. And there can be a lot of uncertainty, I think, wrapped up in these difficult decisions. So you might be worried about failing or the risk of failing you're probably concerned about what do other people think about me. So there's lots of complexity. Um, They do feel complicated, these difficult decisions do. And there's a really good quote from a lady called Cheryl Strauss-Einhorn. And she says, when we're faced with difficult and complex decisions, we typically experience difficult and complex emotions. It's sort of that, well, it's a difficult decision. So it is going to feel difficult so firstly we shouldn't give ourselves a hard time or blame ourselves if we're thinking this just feels hard it will feel hard every difficult decision Helen and I were talking about that we'd both made throughout our career they always feel like quite hard knotty moments but inaction I think is really unhelpful the more you read about kind of not doing anything that tends to be the biggest source of regret you know sort of the staying stuck or staying still that's ultimately, I think, what gets in our in our way. So what we're really going to try and help you do in this podcast is you've got one of those difficult career decisions coming up or at the moment, or you can kind of see it before maybe the end of this year. What could you do that might help you to kind of make that decision? And we were reflecting on some of the ones that we have made or struggled with to sort of make this as relatable as possible and make sure that the tools that we've got for you to try out are really useful and usable tools. And so I think one of the toughest career decisions that I have made and struggled with, and honestly, I don't think I did it very well, was when I had my first child, Henry, and I was working at Virgin at the time and I went on maternity leave and I really struggled with how I returned to work in that I felt like loads of people around me did these staggered returns, but I didn't know what was going to be the right thing for me. And I love work and I just really struggled with how to return to work. And I remember I chose to do the staggered return. I think I was like, I planned it all out in my head. I was like, I'm going to do three days a week for two weeks and then I'm going to go to four and then I'm going to go to five. And I'd over planned it based on goodness knows what. And I found myself in the reality of it not working. I don't think I approached that decision very well I think I was just trying to get to clarity and to your point Sarah I think I was trying to get to the right answer and I didn't explore the decision enough to get to the thing that was probably right for me yeah and I think I was thinking about probably the biggest decision I've ever made in my career is to leave being employed to being you know a founder of a company and it's less about the fact that I was moving from kind of corporate world to us starting up a couple of years ago it was more just that idea of going wow, I've only ever worked like for an organization, for a company, and almost like how that works, you know, the fact you get paid every month and kind of what that looks like. And for me, moving out of that environment into one where you're sort of starting from scratch, it felt very unfamiliar. I got a lot less points of reference. And Helen and I were reflecting also on our differences as a kind of Helen being a doer and me being a thinker. 
and what that means in terms of making difficult career decisions because I think we were both saying we actually realized we respond in quite different ways so for me as a thinker one of my watch outs when I'm making difficult career decisions is getting stuck at one stage so almost like the loop you know getting kind of stuck in a spiral getting stuck in a loop and as we talk through some examples today I think you will see oh Sarah's clearly got stuck in a bit of a loop here if you sort of going around in circles and again I think in this hope that at some point I'll get the clarity and the confidence and the control that I'm probably used to feeling a lot of the rest of the time is going to apply to this situation and again I, I don't think I had realized oh it will just feel different mm. making this decision will feel different to all of those day-to-day decisions that I make all the time I think the sort of danger of being a doer with some of these difficult career decisions is that I just look for a quick answer sometimes okay here it is problem solved just do this that decision done and the I don't really reflect on if that decision hasn't worked out well like for example the decision about how I returned to work like why didn't it work out because I don't do a lot of that post-decision reflection so the issue the danger for me is that I just repeat the same bad decisions (laughs) because I'm not approaching them in a particularly structured or considered way it's the doer that's driving the decision and not you know not necessarily learning from it along the way So how can we help you then? We have got a structure which we think helps you to get a bit of confidence and a bit of clarity with the difficult career decisions you'll be making, whether you are a thinker like Sarah or a doer like me. So we're going to introduce you to the difficult career decision diamond. Imagine a diamond in your brain. There are four points. And so there are four parts of this process that we're going to talk through. And if it helps, you might want to download the pod sheet. So we will have this diagram and some of the things that we're now going to talk through. That'll be on the pod sheet. You can get that on our website, amazingif.com. And you can download that and you'll see what we're talking about now. But let's just bring this to life. So a difficult criticism diamond, four points that will help you to get more confidence and clarity over the decision that you're making. So the first point on this diamond is to get some distance from your decision. So sometimes when it feels difficult, and Sarah mentioned the emotions that are associated with these types of decisions, it can feel quite overwhelming. And sometimes you almost can't see through a situation because, you know, you are worrying about what people will think or you are worrying about what happens if I make the wrong decision. What we're trying to get you to do first is to focus on the bigger picture And the idea for action here is to have a sort of a decision dress rehearsal. And we want you to imagine having made a decision in one direction. So move forward from the moment and move into the outcome of making that decision. And some questions for you to reflect on here are what would be true that isn't true today? How would you like to look back on that year and describe what has happened to a friend And what's the worst case scenario and how you feel about that happening? And these questions are aiming to get you away from where you are right now and all of the emotions with the situation and just to zoom out a little bit so that you can focus on where that decision could take you. And I use decision dress rehearsals a lot in coaching. So if I'm just taking a coaching approach, just generally to a career conversation, or if if I've really got my coaching hat on and someone has got a difficult career decision or a dilemma, often they're dilemmas, aren't they? These difficult decisions. By doing this fast forwarding, you also start to hear from people and you'll notice, I think in yourself, you know, a real sense of energy and motivation or sometimes not. 
you know so sometimes people you know when when you start to describe this for yourself or perhaps you're having a conversation with somebody to do a bit of peer-to-peer coaching you start to realize you're not that motivated by the thing that would be true and you don't feel that proud when you're sort of starting to imagine it so maybe on paper that first you know idea that first possibility that you might be exploring maybe on paper that absolutely looks like the right thing to do but when you go through this kind of imagining you just start to realize well it might be the right thing for some people but it's not the right thing for me or maybe the more you talk about it you know sometimes the more excited and energized you get and that doesn't take away fears and that doesn't then mean that it'll be a really clear-cut decision because as we said I think we've got to kind of let go of that but it probably will just doing this first it's often I think most interesting to just notice how did you feel and respond to these questions not even sort of the exact answers but just was like did you get really energetic and really excited or were you just sort of saying the things that you thought you should say I'm trying to put myself back into that situation which would have been 2015 when I returned to work and trying to think about the Helen then answering these questions and if I had said to myself well what would have been true that isn't true today I would have said oh I've Henry's happy being looked after in full-time childcare and I'm working full-time that's what I would have wanted to be true how would you like to look back on that year confident about my decisions and not comparing myself to other people (laughs) and what's the worst case scenario I don't get it right first time I have a a safe conversation with my manager about doing something differently and I think that probably would have just made me feel really confident and not make a decision that I thought other people might have expected me to make because that was a big part of mine was what do other people think of the decisions that I'm making particularly about my childcare arrangements and maybe even just what you've seen happen before it might be a little bit expectation, but you might just be like, oh, well, lots of other people seem to be doing it this way. So maybe I should be doing it this way because you you automatically look at other people's decisions and think, oh, well, they were the right decisions, but almost without that knowing, well, did that work for them? Did it? Is it going to work for me? Well, honestly, I think I was really worried why it was difficult about being seen as like an uncaring career woman Mm. like that that's I thought people would think well how can you go back to work full-time straight away when you've got a young baby and I was like well because he's gonna have brilliant childcare, and I really love work but I didn't that's what I said in my head but that's not what I said when I was returned to work so yeah I think it probably would have helped me to get some of that clarity a lot can happen in the next three years like a chatbot maybe your new best friend but what won't change needing health insurance United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which 
is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Okay, so that's the first point of the diamond. So you've got distance. Then we're going to do data. And when we're trying to get into data, often I think this is where we go first when we're making a decision. So it's intentional and I think important that it's not the first thing that you do. But obviously we don't want to ignore that data either because that can give us useful insights. And I think depending on maybe whether you're a thinker or a doer and just your approach generally, sometimes I think we avoid some of the data because maybe we don't like it. Or we want to control it. I can see that in myself. I'm like, I don't really like that fact. So I'll just ignore it. And I I love to avoid things. That works well for me. Or maybe it's not about avoiding. Maybe there is so much data. There's so much happening that it feels confusing or overwhelming. You can't see the wood from the trees. And there is quite a lot of research that shows that having too many options often leaves us feeling more stuck. And I see this a little bit with squiggly careers where people are really upbeat and optimistic about their careers but almost the fact there are so many opportunities, that means that it feels really difficult. So when we say difficult career decisions, sometimes there's an assumption, oh, it's it's a bad thing or it's like a hard decision that maybe you don't want to make. It might be a real positive. I remember choosing between two jobs while I was at Sainsbury's and I had got the option to do both jobs. Now, two jobs doesn't sound like that many options, but as a thinker, I decided to really think about those two options. And one of those jobs was much more similar to what I'd done before. One was much further away from my area of expertise and experience. And almost just, I just wasn't ready for having two, yeah, lots of people be like, that's the best case scenario, but I just wasn't ready for having these two options. And I took too long thinking about both of those things. And actually some of the things that we're going to talk about helped me to get there. But I definitely got stuck in that kind of circle, just being like, oh, but what about, or what if? And you can do that, I think, for too long. So this is how we're going to stop you doing what I would have done, which is sit with it for like weeks and weeks. And the idea for action here is called facts versus feelings. So on day one, we want you to set yourself a timer and give yourself five minutes to write down facts about your decisions. So you might have two or three options or decisions and you're just writing down every fact that you know about that decision. So it could be, I've got to make a decision by X date, for example. It could be, I know I've been offered, I've got two jobs, I've been offered both those jobs. That's a fact. So just facts. Straight after, five minutes on how you feel about those decisions. And you're just doing feelings. I'd really recommend you do pen and paper for this, just in terms of helping our thinking. It can just be quite useful. And particularly for what we're going to do on day two. So day one, five minutes on facts, five minutes on feelings. Day two, you're going to do a five minute review. So you're going to go back to what you've already written down and just consider, have you got anything to add? Is there anything you've missed? Have you got any edits that you want to make? And try and challenge yourselves on, is that a fact? So, you know, I just use an example there of, I've got a deadline to make a decision about this job that maybe, maybe Sainsbury's have said to me, can you make a decision by Friday? Maybe it's Tuesday or Wednesday. Now, is that a fact? Or 
is there the option for me to say, I would like a bit more time to consider this because it's really important to me. It's exactly the sort of thing I want to say, just give myself more time to think. I can hear you all chuckling at home, just being like, is that a bit of a cop-out? I'm like, yes, but that's exactly Whereas what I would I do. I would make up a deadline, wouldn't I? And yeah, I'd be you like, would make I would up a deadline. Rush. It'd be so funny, yeah. you'd be like, oh, can I have more time to think? And I'd be like, I would make up an untrue deadline just to get it done. today, in an hour. <laughs> so just challenge the facts just to make sure they are cold, hard facts and just see whether there are any facts that you could challenge, other questions that you might helpfully ask that could just give you a bit more space if you need it. And it's really important here just to say that facts are not more important than feelings or vice versa. There is a great article on HBR that's called Emotions Are Not the Enemy of Decision Making. It's really just to help you understand your current situation and what is influencing your decision. So if you're really influenced by some of those feelings that you've just written down and that's what's most important to you, I think it's just having the almost like the transparency of that is what is influencing me. But those facts, you don't avoid or ignore them because they're not going anywhere. I think it just helps you to have that sort of balance, the pragmatic balance that we're looking for when you're trying to make these difficult decisions. So we're halfway through our difficult career decision diamond. We've covered distance. Sarah just covered getting some data. And then the third point that we're going to talk about is all about discussions. And so what we want you to do here is to talk to some other people to get some insights that might help you to inform your decision. But what we don't want you to do is get into the looping thing that Sarah talked about. You know, where you kind of just discuss and discuss and discuss, and then you never actually move forward. So our idea for action here to make sure that your discussions help you move forward with the decision is all around expanding your experiences. So it's not about lots of nice chats or lots of just conversations for the sake of talking to some people about it. It's about three specific experiences that would be really helpful for you to learn from. So as an example here, uh, let's imagine your decision that you're making is a career change. A bit like Sarah's one that she talked about, does she stay in corporate life or does she go you know, run her own thing full time? What's really helpful here is to think about, well, what are three experiences that would be really useful for me to learn from? They're the discussions that would help inform my decision. So maybe the first one is talking to somebody that's made a career change across any industry. And maybe the second one is somebody who's made the specific career change that you're considering. And then the third one could be somebody who's already done it. They, they made this decision years ago and they're already active in the, the area that you want to go into. And these different experiences can help you to create much more relevant insight that can inform your decision rather than just having lots of nice conversations with people who have lots of different opinions, which is definitely where you might start looping. So I found this really useful. So practically, I've done this, but I don't think I did it with the three different types of experiences. When I was moving from Corporate World to Amazing If, I did have a conversation with someone who had moved from corporate world to setting up their own creative agency and it what's interesting is I really remember that conversation I think because it's felt so relevant and he completely got it you know like you don't have to do very much describing because he already understood what I was talking about he got my fears because we all share some common fears about what that might mean and what I'd be letting go of and quite quickly he could get to the point and give me some good insights, some good advice, ask me some good questions. You don't have to do exactly what these people have done. I think it just it just helps you to kind of think, so what does that mean for me? And I think I would have moved to Amazing If quicker because it definitely dragged on for ages for me because I really, for lots of feeling reasons, going back to the facts versus feelings, 
I was really influenced by my feelings and that's what kept me in corporate land for longer because I was avoiding actually some of the facts, perhaps because I wasn't quite ready. I sort of wasn't maybe quite ready to make that transition. And I think if I'd also spoken to someone who had made a career change just generally, and maybe someone who had particularly like run their own business for a long time, because I think in my head I was thinking, oh, I'm not that person. Like that was a real worry for me about moving into Amazing If was I enjoy working in a big corporate environment and, and I'm really happy and I've been sort of, you know, successful in my own terms in that world. So like, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't very sure about what I was sort of running to. And we always say, you don't want to be running from, you want to be running to that. I know some people who have only ever run their own company. I can see that I have lots in common with those people, but I didn't spend any time with those people when I was trying to make that decision. And maybe a little bit because I'm introverted and get stuck in my own head. I didn't have enough conversations. And I think some of these sort of expanding experiences, conversations would have been incredibly helpful for me. And I'm so glad I did have that one, you know, Mm. like that one conversation, like it did a lot of unlocking for me and it helped me to get unstuck. And there's a Warren Buffett quote that really influenced our idea here where we were thinking about what would be useful, where he says, when people tell me they've learned from experience, I tell them the trick is to learn from other people's experiences. And I'm like, sort of like still with pride, isn't it? It's perfect. It's so good. A bit of a, a doer insight as I'm as just listening to you there. So this diamond, we've got distance data, discuss, and Sarah's going to talk about the last bit drive in a second. But just listening to Sarah there, it did make me think you can use this as a way to help you to manage the decisions that you might be facing. But I think you could actually almost go around the triangle the opposite way to unpick and reflect on some of the decisions that you've made in the past and work out what you do well and where your area for improvement is. Ooh, because, like because if I think about some of mine I kind of go well do I do distance I think I'm all right at the zooming out maybe I do get a bit of data I think I also don't do the discussing I have a few nice chats with people but I don't think I'm really specific about expanding experiences and that's the probably is if, if I approach more decisions in the future that that's probably the bit that I would very consciously need to go don't skip that <laughs> that's a really important part of this process and don't move on from that and spend as a doer who wants to rush through things that's an area for focus for me. So you can use mm. it in the way that we're talking about. Here's a decision. Here's the four parts of the process you need to go through. But I do think maybe a bit of unpicking and going like anti-clockwise round a diamond. Can you can you go anti-clockwise round a diamond? You get what I mean. Well, I think what you're reflecting on there is maybe what would you naturally do well? Because I suspect there are parts of this diamond where you'll bring your own brilliance to it. So maybe you're brilliant at the discussion part. Unlike Helen and I, maybe that's the bit that you already do really well. But maybe there's a bit of the diamond that's missing and I think probably the power in this approach is the whole being bigger than some of the parts is if you put all the parts of the diamond together that's probably when you make the best decisions for you and I think that's probably it's almost like doing a bit of a gap analysis Mm. isn't it which I think is helpful and actually one of the things I think I do well is this last one and the last D in the difficult career decision diamond is about drive and so this is about being clear once you've made your decision what your drivers are and kind of were and not forgetting those because I think we're not trying to reduce the shades of grey to black and white. I don't think that that's kind of our job to do. The shades of grey will stay but I think what we are trying to do is have clarity about why you made that decision. Whatever you're going for, that career change to go back to work five days a week if Helen had done that in hindsight, whatever that looks like. And the reason I think that's so important is 
once you've made the decision and once you've moved forward, you'll get into the messy middle. You'll get into being really busy. You'll get into sometimes things feeling hard. You will inevitably, because it's a shades of grey decision, have moments where you worry you've made the wrong decision. And so our idea for action here is called Why Watch? So when you've made your decision, write down somewhere that you can keep coming back to that's visible. Maybe this isn't pen and paper. Maybe this is the note section of your phone. You know, it might just be like my top three whys, whatever you want to call it. And just write down the three reasons why you're making that decision. And so for me, I was thinking when I was moving to Amazing If, I was actually really clear on the three reasons why I was making that decision. Once I stopped thinking and started actually making a decision, (laughs) my sort of rationale was one, I was going to live my values even more. Two, that it was a unique chance to create and grow a business with a best friend. And three, I could have a positive impact on people's careers. And so even in my worst case scenario that I would have had in that kind of first section of the diamond, and I was like, it's a disaster. Helen and I fall out. The business goes burst. All of those things. I was like, but all of those three things would have stayed true. I would have had at least the opportunity to try and do all of those three things. And I think there's a few times where I have made decisions in my career that haven't gone as well as I had anticipated. And what has really reassured me and also given me a bit of grit to keep going is that I did know my whys. So there is one career decision I could think of that you know, wasn't, wasn't years and years ago. Well, I remember, I feel, you know, when you feel like you've done all of the right things, I probably had had the conversations. I probably had done all of the bits of the diamond, at least to some extent, and it just didn't feel like it was going that well or that I hadn't really found my fit and I was losing a bit of confidence. But I think I was clear about my why, kind of the why, the drivers behind that decision. So I did know what was going to be true in 12 months time that wasn't true today. And that remained the same. And I did know what my one, two and three were. So even though that didn't mean that some days didn't feel really hard or some months you didn't kind of finish thinking, oh, you know, I've, I maybe have got some doubts. I do think it helped me to kind of keep going. It gave me the time that I needed to probably think about because there is uncertainty and there are things outside of our control. This isn't quite working out as I'd hoped, but you can keep going while you then think about, okay, so what now and what next? And that is sometimes the reality of a decision. You've made a really difficult decision. As Helen talked about, she made a decision to try and work a three-day week. I remember her working that three-day week and I have never known her so stressed and so you you know on paper you might be like well that's really sensible because she's trying to do a really you know balanced rather than just kind of go straight back into work after a big change in your life that on paper you can see sometimes how things all add up but it is sometimes only when we get into something that you then just realize it's either it's not for you maybe there's some new awareness you've got about yourself or maybe just things change around you that awareness and kind of what's happening around you Again, you just don't know what that looks like. But I think if you have done your why watch, it will help you. And I think it does help you in in the tougher moments. So let me just summarize then those four different points on the diamond and the four ideas for action. So point one was get some distance from the decision. And the idea for action was to do a decision dress rehearsal. Point two was to get that data on the decision. And that was the one that Sarah talked about, really thinking about facts versus feeling. 
Point three was to make sure that you are discussing the decision, but the idea for action there was to expand on the experiences. And point four was all about the drivers of the decision. And the idea for action there was all about doing the why watch. And as I said, we will visually bring this to life on the pod sheet so that you can get all of those ideas for action in a nice summarized way. We'll also talk about it on Pod Plus. Pod Plus is at nine o'clock every Thursday morning. So it's a live conversation where you can ask questions and you can see us sort of bring this to life and if you can't make that on a Thursday morning it's also recorded and on YouTube and all the links for that stuff will be on the show notes on Apple or you can always email us we're just Helen and Sarah at squigglycareers.com and we will point you in the right direction. So we really hope that has been practically useful. We would love to hear from you if you put that into action and you are working through a difficult career decision at the moment. Let us know what is that decision. Let us know, did we miss anything from that diamond? I'm not sure then what shape it would have to become, but, <laughs> but we are we are open to considering new, new shapes. And what was most useful? Uh, what have you done? Is there anything else that maybe you've done in the past when you've had a difficult career decision that's been really helpful that maybe we haven't talked about? We always really love hearing from you, whether that's about today's episode or if you've got ideas for things that you just need help with. Maybe it's for you. Maybe it's for your team. Again, please do email us. We love to hear from you. And if you have a moment to rate or subscribe or review our podcast, it makes a massive difference to us being able to share Squiggly all around the world. Oh, and recently we were on the front page of Apple, which helped us to reach some more people too. So, Oh yeah, that was exciting. That was exciting. That was a happy moment. So uh, yeah, thank you for following us and being part of the community. And um, lots of people celebrate those moments with us as well, which is really kind. So that's everything for this week. And we'll talk to you again soon. Bye for now. Bye everyone. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey y'all, Darius Rucker here. You know, a lot of people ask me, what inspires your music? And one of the big things is a strong sense of place. That's why I love my home state of South Carolina and want to share the awesome things it has to offer. From the beautiful mountains down to the sunny coast, it's got it all. Not to mention two of my personal favorites, great golf and amazing food. Come see why I love this place. Visit discoversouthcarolina.com. Oh, yeah. 